Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. Today, we're going to talk about how you can change your life in 30 days. Now, some of you, it's going to be life-changing, and some of you, it may take a little longer. The data shows that some habits take 30 days to implement. Some data shows that it takes a year to implement. So it's really going to be up to you, the individual, and everybody is going to be different. But implementing some key strategies will make a difference and at least get the ball rolling. So we're going to talk about morning routines, night routines, relationships, finances, overall happiness, and career. These key areas, when implemented correctly, can change your life for the better. So one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is because me personally, I have been thinking about and exploring how to change my life for the better and implement more self-improvement. Because as much as I talk about this with you guys, there are still areas that I deal with that I know that I need to improve with. My routines being one of the key things because my morning routine and my night routine is not on par. And I know that it's one of the areas in my life that I've had the most struggle with when it comes to making improvements, especially when it comes to my sleep. So let's start there. Let's start with the morning routines because morning routine is so important. We as a society do not get enough light. We are exposed to artificial light every single day through our screens and through our iPhones, through our Androids. And we're constantly looking at screens more hours of the day than we're getting natural sunlight. In our brains, our bodies are not designed for that. Artificial light has not been around that long. And we as our ancestors, we're used to getting up with the sun, with the savannah, and we were used to going to sleep at night when the sun went down. Even prior to having a time change, we went by the sunrise and we went by the sunset. So when you get up in the morning, the data shows that getting light in the first 30 minutes of wake is the most important. Now, if you live in an area where there's not a lot of light, let's say you're in Alaska, getting as much light as soon as you wake up, even if it's through artificial light, there are some lights that are made specifically to enhance when you wake up, like sun lamps, things like that. So if you can't get in natural light, at least try to get light into your eyes. But getting outside and viewing natural light is key to setting your circadian rhythm. Now, if it's a cloudy day, you may need to spend a little bit more time outside. But even if you can just get outside for a few minutes, that's going to be the most beneficial for the circadian rhythm and tells your body and brain that it's time to wake up. Another thing to consider is your caffeine consumption, how much caffeine you are intaking throughout the day. Most of the data shows that you should have caffeine before noon. Anything after noon is going to offset your circadian rhythm and may give you sleeping issues later on that evening. So it's important that you try to offset that caffeine before 12 p.m. every day, especially for you coffee drinkers out there. Now, there was a lot of data that showed that exercise in the morning is best, but there's some new data that's showing that it really isn't as important and that people who exercise in the evening get just as good as sleep as the people who exercise in the day. I think it just depends on your chronotype, who you are, your body type, et cetera. And when I say chronotype, there are specific types of sleepers. Some people are natural night owls and some people are natural morning people. 
if you look back to our ancestors, there were people who had to stand shift, had to watch out for predators. And so you had ancestors who were naturally up at night and you had people who slept during the day. And so those natural sleeping patterns were carried throughout the genetics. And so you have chronotypes of people who are natural nighttime sleepers and you have people who are night owls. And so if you can adapt to that specific chronotype, that is where you're going to be the best performer in your job. So if you know that you're more of a night owl person, you may want to consider a shift that's more so in the afternoon going into the evening as opposed to the morning, or you may want to do your more important work more towards the evening. So for me, I do all of my podcasts in the afternoon. Because I know that I will not be able to do anything in the morning. I'll have foggy brain thinking. I won't be able to function as well. So all of my podcast recordings are always in the afternoon because I know that's when I'm functioning the best because that's my chronotype. Do I want to be a morning person? Yes. Am I struggling with that? Absolutely. So you may find that you just work better certain types of the day. But having that sun exposure is the best thing for your body in order to try to reset that circadian rhythm and get into a solid sleep routine. Now, I also say not exposing yourself to energy first thing in the morning, not checking your phone, trying to wait until a certain time to check your social media or your emails. Give yourself that time in the morning to reset, to energize yourself and to have some mindfulness without inviting all of that energy into your space. Now, morning routines can also consist of journaling, meditation, or anything that fills your cup. But I always suggest trying to fill your cup before you go out there and fill the cups of others. Just as important as the morning routine is, the sleep routine is just as important. If you are exposing yourself to artificial light, Netflix, your phone, lights on, you are going to have a harder time falling asleep. So if you know that your bedtime is 11 o'clock, by about 9 o'clock, you should not be exposing yourself to any light. Try to replace that habit of reading a book instead of watching Netflix or journaling instead of scrolling on Instagram or Facebook. Try to limit yourself after 8 p.m. or after 9 p.m. The phone goes into another room. Now, if you guys listen to my episode on habits, you'll remember you have to make whatever that habit is invisible and hard to reach. When you do those things, you are more likely to be successful with changing that habit. So that might look like you putting the phone in another room. That may look like you having a lock on the phone. So you're making it harder to access. That might mean logging out of all your social media accounts to make it more difficult to log back in. Whatever you can do to try to change that habit of being on your phone and making your connection to light less accessible because you want to start to dim those lights down and you want to tell your body and your brain, hey, it's time to go to sleep. And that's when your body's going to start releasing that melatonin. And, and then you'll start to see that you'll become more sleepy. So I want to talk a little bit also about avoiding alcohol, avoiding caffeine, because that's still part of your sleep hygiene. Alcohol is actually not going to help your sleep. That will interrupt that deep sleep REM that you need. So we all get into these sleeping patterns. And when you have alcohol consumption, this is going to disrupt that pattern of sleeping that you need because you need that deep REM sleep. So Avoid alcohol and caffeine, try to unwind and try to plan for the next day. So if you know that you're an anxious thinker, try to plan accordingly, write down all your to-do list and you can tell yourself it's written down. I'll come back to it tomorrow. All right, let's go to the next one, which is relationships. Evaluate the relationships in your life, friendships, 
your relationships with your kids, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your family. Who's toxic in your life? Is that somebody that you want to keep around? Is that someone who serves your highest good? Do you need to have boundaries with this person? Do they need to be from the inner circle and be moved to the outer circle? Which might mean instead of seeing them every day, you now see them once a month or you see them once a week. How can you protect your energy? What relationships energize you? What relationships make you feel fulfilled? Those are the relationships you want to spend more time with. Those are the relationships you want to bring closer to your inner circle? And also, how can you improve your relationships? How can you improve your communication? Are there any codependency issues? Do you need to sit down and have conversations with people? Do you need to explore some of your nervous system activation, some of your past that might be coming into your relationships currently? Those are ways that you can evaluate the relationships in your life, how to improve them, and maybe what relationships you may need to depart from. Side note, did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a professional tarot reader? It's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a tool to connect with your guides and your higher self to help you in certain areas of your life. Tarot genuinely changed my life and it can potentially change yours too. Click on the link in this podcast for more info. Okay, back to the podcast. Next is finances. And finances, I think, is something that we don't talk about enough. We live in a society that wants us to be in debt. The more debt that we have, the more money that capitalism makes. And we live in a society and in a country that there are more people that have debt that don't. Debt on their credit cards, debt to pay off other debt. So I would encourage all of you to take a really good hard look at your finances, where are you spending money and come up with a budget. There's a really great app called You Need a Budget. I am not affiliated with them in any way. It's something that I use and I find that when I don't use it, I always go over budget, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's shopping at a store or buying stuff that I don't need. My rule to myself now is anything over $50, I wait 24 hours to buy. If I still really have an urge to buy it after 24 hours, then I will, but I don't buy anything off of a whim. So maybe that's your rule. Anything over X amount of dollars, I wait 24 hours to purchase. And that way it gives you time to decide, is this something that I really need or am I buying this off of an impulse? Because nine times out of 10, you got 10 Amazon boxes at your door because you're buying shit off of Amazon with a glass of wine. And that's what I do. I literally will have a glass of wine. I'll go outside. I'm like, oh, I have a light that I can buy. It would look so good right there in that corner. Amazon purchase. And next thing I know, I spent a hundred bucks because I was feeling relaxed and I was in my backyard seeing that things would look cute in certain areas of my yard. So don't be like me. So have a $50 rule, have a $25 rule, have a hundred dollar rule. And maybe you have that rule with your spouse. Hey, anything over X amount of money, we discuss it or we wait 24 hours to purchase it. And having a budget on you need a budget or whatever budget app you want to use, or if you want to write it down, actually budgeting out everything that you're spending your money on. And okay, I'm going to have X amount of money to spend on frivolous things this month. And I'm going to put aside X amount of money for my skincare, my Botox, my travel, whatever it is, and having that in the bank already. That way you don't go over budget from month to month and you're actually able to build a savings account as well. Cut out unnecessary expenses, create a budget saving money for emergencies, and then invest 
investing in your future, I wouldn't recommend this until you've at least established that you have no debt and that you have an emergency savings account. Once you have that, that's when you really want to start investing. Even if you have a pension or a retirement account, it's good to maybe start investing either more or investing in other areas. So that way you're building wealth and that you're, you're thanking your future self. So that way you're equipped to have income coming in when you do retire because social security doesn't pay you shit. So you need to make sure that you have this income coming in. So investing in your future is something you want to start thinking about in your twenties and thirties. The earlier you start, the more successful you're going to be with having that income coming in when you are older and can no longer work. And lastly, seek professional advice when you need it. If you don't know where to start with your budget, if you don't know how to start saving, if you don't know how to start investing, seek someone out that can give you advice. I mean, hell, there's tons of free YouTube videos on this as well. Okay, overall happiness. Now, this is one that I think a lot of people struggle with, even myself. You know, overall happiness, it's like, Evaluating your life and where you can create more happiness is difficult because we live in a society that tells us that we need to burn ourselves out in order to be successful. And that takes away from our cup. So we're becoming a society that does less and less of things that create fulfillment, intrinsic motivation and happiness. And we're doing more things that are extrinsically motivated, that make other people happy, that pay the bills, but are they really fulfilling us? And most of the time the answer is no. So part of that is practicing mindfulness and gratitude, being gracious and expressing gratitude for the things that you do have in your life. And when you start to get on that vibration, because gratitude does have a higher vibration, you will start attracting things and people that are on the same vibration because the law of attraction states that like attracts like. So if everything is energy and everything has a frequency, your thoughts and what you speak into the universe also has a frequency. So if you're expressing gratitude and you're expressing your joy and your contentment, that is what you're going to attract more of. So it's really important that you have some type of gratitude exercise in your life, whether that's writing down five things that you're grateful for or expressing what you're grateful for that happened during the day. Having a gratitude practice will dramatically increase your contentment and your everyday happiness. Pursue passions and hobbies. So this is a big one. I think we get so caught up in our day-to-day life that we don't do enough things that bring us joy and happiness. What are things that you that you like doing? Do you like drawing? Do you like singing? Do you like dancing? Do you enjoy making crafts? What do you do that makes you happy? And do more of that. When is the last time you picked up a hobby that you thoroughly enjoyed? I can guarantee you that half of you watching or half of you listening can't remember the last time that you did something that you were truly enjoying. Go do a paint night, do a paint and sip night, go out with your girlfriends, take a dance class that you've never taken before. Find things that bring you joy and happiness and try to implement that minimum once a week. If you can implement it daily, even better, but minimum once a week, you need to be doing stuff that brings you joy and fills your cup. Connecting with nature. Connecting with nature, you guys know if you listen to my podcast, I talk about this a lot. Nature will naturally ground you. Nature will naturally bring you to a grounding frequency and just 
allows you to release any energy that does not belong to you and that does not serve your highest good. And anybody who's an empath that's listening or who's highly sensitive, nature is going to be your best friend to be able to just kind of get back to that equilibrium. And I always feel much better after spending time in nature because it's just it's just my happy place. And that's why I love my backyard because it's very nature and very free flowing. It's ambiance. I love sitting back there and just like watching the animals and the ducks and the deers. So if you have that place or you have some nature near you, I highly suggest that you find some kind of way to spend time in nature as much as you possibly can. Another way to find happiness and fulfillment is volunteer and give back to others. You know, studies show that most people who are in service of others or who do something or an act of kindness in some way feel happiness immediately. They feel more happiness and more joy in that moment, in that day, just from that act of kindness. So find an act of kindness to do at least once a day. Try to be in service of others. Go volunteer. If, if you're in a profession of being in service to others, remember why you're doing it. Try to be intentful. Is that a word? Try to be in the moment and try to move with intention when you're trying to be in service of others. And lastly, seek professional help if you need it. You know, if you're not finding happiness, if what you're doing is not working, seek a therapist, seek a coach, seek somebody who can help you, whether it's spiritual guidance or tools that you can use clinically. And sometimes medication is needed. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a proponent to go straight to medication, but sometimes people need it. And there are people who deal with major depression who they just cannot get out of it and they've used all the tools and it's just not working. And that's okay if you need to seek professional help. And I would encourage it for anybody who's struggling with that. There's a great book from Johan Hari. I forgot the name of the book, but it's really talking about the real reason why people are depressed and what to do about it. I highly recommend it. He also wrote a book called Stolen Focus. That's uh, the real reason why people have ADHD in this nation. Excellent author. So highly recommend that. Lastly, let's talk about career. Career has been a big one for a lot of people, for myself, for a lot of people in my circle. A lot of people are starting to question their career path and is this what I want to do? I feel like I want to do something else, but I'm not sure exactly what that is. And that's okay. Sometimes you just need to have the breadcrumbs, which is like putting one foot in front of the other and just taking that first step. Maybe you don't know exactly what that step is, but you know that you can make a website. You know that you enjoy doing tarot. So maybe now you just go buy a deck of cards. You don't have to have the full plan. Sometimes it's just taking that first step, which is a baby step, and then seeing how that goes and then taking another step in the future. Set goals and create a plan. So just having a goal and creating some type of plan of what you want to do to achieve that goal, that's the first step. So maybe you want to become a Reiki master. Maybe you want to be a massage therapist. You don't know what to do. So maybe that first step is sitting down, creating an agenda, creating goals, and then, okay, what can I do to achieve these goals? Maybe that first step is making a website. Maybe that first step is watching YouTube videos or talking to someone who's already in that field. Learn new skills and knowledge. You know, maybe you're not happy with what you're doing. Maybe you don't know what you want to do. So you got to explore it. You may have to learn new things, see what you like and what you don't like. What you do know is that you're not happy doing what you're doing. So if you don't know what you want to do, you need to explore. Otherwise, you are going to stay in the same situation and nothing's going to change. Go take a cooking class. Go take a dance class. Go take a crafts class. Go do something out of your comfort zone and learn new skills in order to see what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. 
networking and building relationships. I can't stress this one enough because networking is what's going to help you be successful in entrepreneurship, especially for an entrepreneur. I cannot tell you how important your reputation is as an entrepreneur because your reputation will follow you. I have worked with people who were kind of shitty we're not helpful. We're not friendly. And guess what? Their reputation is following them because I will remember those things. And I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be bitchy towards that person, but I remember how that person was. I remember how that person's team was. I've also met a lot of amazing people in their field who have become friends and who have become key with supporting what I do. And I've supported what they've done. And that networking, now I have a circle of people that do similar things that I do that I can reach out to when I need advice, when I need success, or who have connected me with other people for my own podcast. So networking is so key to whatever you're doing, especially for an entrepreneur. Taking breaks and prioritizing your self-care. This is a huge one. You have to have boundaries and know when to say no. You need to learn how to take a break, especially when you're feeling burnt out. And those breaks may need to be scheduled. You may have to say, okay, from this date to this date, I'm taking off. I'm not doing any work. Sundays and Saturdays, those are my days to do no work whatsoever. You have to prioritize your self-care because otherwise burnout is real. Burnout will happen and you will no longer want to continue doing what you're doing. Trust me, I've been through burnout so many times and self-care and breaks are essential. So changing your life in 30 days, it might seem daunting, but by implementing these tips and strategies, you can make significant progress towards your goals. Be patient with yourself, celebrate your success, keep moving forward. And until next time, see you on the next episode of Diary of an Empath.